This is your no bullshit guide to a happier life. Quick, but not necessarily easy tips to help you to squeeze every last drop of enjoyment out of your business and your life. My name is Helen Calvert. I'm a coach, a business owner and a parent, and I'm so happy to be here with you. I do swear occasionally as the title suggests, so pop in your headphones if I'm not safe for little ears. Ready to go? Let's do this. Hello and welcome to this episode where we are going to be talking about taking up space. If you are a fan of Glennon Doyle as I am, you will be familiar with that phrase. Um, I'm not going to talk about it in exactly the same way she does. I'm going to be looking at a particular aspect of it, which is why we sometimes stay small, why we don't take up space and how the people in our lives around us can help or hinder us with that. So I want to start by looking at something called the drama triangle. I don't know if you're familiar with this, but it's about um, the types of people, the actors in conflict. And it says that there are three types of people who contribute to conflict. There's the perpetrator, there's the victim, and there's the rescuer. And they are all just as um, culpable, if you like, (laughs) in maintaining a conflict situation. Now, we're not going to be talking about conflict here, particularly, but I think the drama triangle is really important because it helps us to understand types of behaviour. And all of us will engage in all of those behaviours at one time or another, and we'll recognise ourselves in all of those types of people. So the perpetrator is the person who does the thing, um, but tends to be the person who is bullying, um, com- confronting, getting in your face. You know, that that's a fairly self-explanatory one. Now, the victim in this instance, so we're not talking here about victim blaming or saying, oh, it's your fault if something happened to you. What we're talking about is a specific way of creating and maintaining drama which is to be the victim in the sense of finding it um, in some ways helpful or pleasant or maybe just familiar. You know, you'll hear of people saying, oh, she's playing the victim, which is, you know, I don't like that. That's um, very accusatory. But we will recognise this in ourselves. The times when we kind of want to be needy we want to we want to someone else to sort it out for us we want someone else to fix it you know it's all a terrible problem and it's somebody else's fault and we can't be the strong one and then there's the rescuer and this is one I'm sure again we'll all recognize we've done this ourselves somebody needs something somebody has a problem and oh my goodness it's so juicy to be the rescuer we're going to be the person to fix it all for them, to sort it all out. We have the answers. Oh my goodness, we're going to be amazing. So we love a good victim and a victim loves a rescuer. And sometimes victims also seek out perpetrators and that's where we move into a completely different discussion about, you know, types of relationship and that's not that's not for today. But I really do want to look at the victim and the rescuer today. 
because this is a dynamic that I think a lot of people fall into for totally, you know, good reasons. Again, not malicious reasons, but it can keep us very small. So it's a vulnerable position to be in as well. If you are in a relationship where you tend to be the one who doesn't have a huge amount of agency or you're the one who doesn't have a huge amount of confidence, let's say, you don't really feel like you're good enough. You can't really do the things. You're not as good as other people and everything's difficult and you don't really feel like you're capable. And the rescuer in the relationship is perfectly happy with that because, oh my goodness, they're going to sort it all out for you. They're going to fix it all. You don't have to worry about a thing. And that's very comfortable for you, isn't it? Because that means you don't have to do anything. You don't have to grow or challenge yourself. And it's all very comfortable and wonderful, except it's actually vulnerable for both of you. As the victim, it's vulnerable because the smaller you make your life, the more scared you become. So let's say you are scared of leaving the house and so therefore you stay in all the time. That is not going to take the fear away. And what's very likely to happen is that because you haven't done anything to build your confidence or address that fear, it's probably going to get worse to the point where maybe you're too scared to leave one room of the house. The smaller you make your life, the smaller it becomes. And I've seen this in members of my family. (laughs) I've seen this time and again, where people have allowed their fears to take over and have been encouraged in that by a rescuer who has the best of intentions, but who says, don't worry, you don't have to do anything. You know, I'll do this for you. Don't worry, you don't have to do it. And they get smaller and smaller and smaller. Now, it's very vulnerable for the rescuer as well. You know, these aren't bad people. These are often people who love us dearly. And what happens is one day the victim finds their strength. We see this so often when women become mothers. You know, it's such a transformational experience that if you weren't confident before or if you felt small before or not good enough, when you become a mother, not instantly, (laughs) when you instantly become a mother, it's hell on wheels. But when you become a mother, eventually the experience shows you your strength. And then you become someone who wants to grow and change and challenge yourself. And suddenly the rescuer is no longer an appropriate person to have in your life. So they have left themselves vulnerable to being left behind because the dynamic they've set up is keeping you small. So having someone in your life who... I'm choosing my words carefully here because, as I say, I don't want any of this to be accusatory. And I know the word victim is very heavy. So I hope you're coming with me on what I mean by that in this context. Having someone in your life who keeps you small and panders to your fears. Again, that that sounds a little too accusatory, really. But, you know, tries to help you by allowing you to not face anything, basically. That is not helpful. Neither is having a perpetrator in your life. You know, the the opposite of that almost would be someone saying, come on, buck up, sort it out. You know, don't. I'm going to make you do this. You're going to do that. I'm not, not giving into this nonsense. Just get out the house or whatever it is you're scared of. Just do it. That's not helpful either. 
know? Guess what is helpful? Uh, you're going to be surprised. Guess what's helpful? Yep, it's that old excessive kindness again. <laughs> excessive kindness, but real kindness. Not keeping yourself small or somebody else keeping you small, but kindly supporting and gently encouraging. Managing anxiety, as per a previous episode that I've done, is, is really helpful too. It's all part of it. But it's important to be with people who want to support us to grow, not bully us into growth, not keep us away from growth in case it hurts us, but support us to grow, not belittle us, but believe in us. You might have seen this quote, which is to love someone is to remind them how wonderful they are when they have forgotten. And I think that's really central to what I'm saying here. We want to be around people who remind us what we're capable of and how much potential we have when we have forgotten and when we're in fear. Now, our mindset block alert for this episode is potentially an interesting one because you might be thinking, yeah, okay, I I don't want to stay small anymore. I'm going to grow and I'm going to challenge myself and I'm going to take on board some of my own stuff. I'm not going to rely on this person or those people entirely anymore. But mindset block alert, I'm really scared that if I get my shit together, nobody will look after me. Now, this is one that I have struggled with myself. If I don't have any problems or if I don't have needs or if I'm not struggling or crying or stressing or telling people how awful things are, maybe people are going to ignore me and nobody's going to come to help me and I'll be all alone. Now, actually, the reality is, in my experience, people will always continue to support you and be there for you because they love you and they're your friends and you have worth. (laughs) And actually, they're likely to support you more unless they are rescuers, which is a separate issue. But most people are likely to support you more because they know that you can handle things So supporting you isn't going to overexpose them, by which I mean, if they say, oh my goodness, that sounds hard, tell me about it, you know, how's it all going? You're not going to then text them every night for three weeks with all your problems, which is what you would have done, you know, which is the the victim style of, oh my goodness, someone who cares, right, here's all my stuff, sort it out. You know, you're going to give them some stuff to handle. And then when they say, okay, well, I'm going to have to go now, you know, I'll talk to you again in a week, you're not going to fall apart. So actually, people are likely to support you even more. But if your value to someone is only in how needy you are, then they are a rescuer. And that dynamic is an unhealthy one. You know, as per our last episode, our growth can be intimidating to some people, you know, but a healthy relationship is one where both people can handle their own shit and they choose to be vulnerable with each other and open up and share their challenges and support each other. They don't have to do that. And it's an equal two-way street. So if you are saying, oh my goodness, I'm finding this really challenging, I need your support, the other person also says the same to you when they are struggling. It's not always the same one-way dynamic. Now, some people really want to support us but they don't know how. You know, not everybody who 
is sat there in the sort of rescuer seat, wants to be in that seat, but maybe they don't know any other way to help. And some people are natural fixers and they see fear or emotion as something they need to change. You know, we must take the fear away. We must stop the tears. (laughs) So if you are with people like that, the key is to just explain what you need. Now, actually have an open conversation. Tell them what you would like to achieve with their support. Tell them how they will know when you just need helping along, you know, encouragement, and when you actually want to quit. And there's a hint here, that is your responsibility. So never say to somebody, you've got to make me give up smoking. No, you have to give up smoking and they can encourage you. And if you say, I really want to keep going, but it's shit hard today, they can encourage you. And if you say, I'm done with this, I'm going to keep smoking, they are to say, fine, because it's not their responsibility. So tell them that you want their encouragement and support until such time as you decide to quit. And if you're going to give up on your goal, then it's not their responsibility to push you into it. But what should they do if you're scared or upset? Tell them. You know, if they're a fixer, but you don't want fixing, (laughs) you want to be listened to or you want some encouragement or to be reminded of how awesome you are, tell them what it is they need to do in those situations. And also what qualities in you would you like them to recognise and celebrate and encourage? You know, we all have those things that we actually like about ourselves or that we want to grow more of in ourselves. And they're the things that we're desperate for the people in our lives to say, do you know what, you're really good at that or I love that about you. Tell them. You know, they, they're not mind readers. They have their own things that they think are awesome about you. And it's great to hear about those things. But tell them, you know, if you're like, do you know what? I actually really love my creative side. And it would be amazing if you could kind of recognise how important that is to me and encourage me in it. Tell them, you know, if they love you, they're going to welcome that information. And you can ask them these same questions, you know, find out from them how they want to be supported. So... A healthy relationship, friendship, intimate relationship, parent-child relationship, it's one where you encourage each other to take up space. Nobody's trying to keep anybody small. Nobody's scared of growth. If you feel that one of your relationships is an unhealthy one, where somebody is doing all the rescuing, somebody is doing all the victiming, it's probably the case that you need to make some changes that's something I can help with if you want to get in touch and talk about how my coaching can help with that it's something um, relationship counsellors can help with it's something a lot of different people can help with so you don't have to make these changes alone but the more space you take up the more confident you will feel keep small and you'll get smaller start to grow and you'll get bigger (laughs) (laughs) And while you are doing that, be excessively kind to yourself. And that's how we're going to squeeze every last drop of enjoyment out of life. Speak to you next time. Thank you so much for listening. It's great to have you along for the ride. If you enjoyed the episode, I'd be so grateful if you could leave me a review. And don't forget to subscribe so you know when new episodes are up. 
If you identified a mindset block during the episode and would like to work with me one-to-one, you can find out how in the show notes. See you next time.